Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Today we are talking to Mark Marrow, former WWE wrestling champion and author of How to Be the Happiest Person on the Planet. Mark is a family friend of ours and someone who is out there in the world using his life experiences to deliver powerful messages to middle and high schoolers in particular. As a mom of a now teenager, there are many questions and topics I have around making good choices and staying involved in my daughter's life. I'm sure many of you feel the same or will feel the same soon once you have have those tweens and teens in your world. Mark has changed so many lives. You can just go over to his Instagram to see that. Um, his name over there is Mark Merrow. Um, what you'll find is students who are commenting on his posts and thanking him for the impact he made visiting their school and taking the time to communicate with them directly. Everyone faces adversity in life and Mark had reached the pinnacle of sports entertainment success and then lost it all, which he's going to talk talk a little bit to us about today. Um, but in the process of all of that, discovered what's most important in life. Mark lives by the motto, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. You can do anything you set your mind to. And Mark shares his captivating journey with audiences and students in particular worldwide and inspires people to really examine their life choices. Listeners feel a great sense of appreciation toward their relationship and the gift of time after hearing Mark speak, and many are empowered to make a difference in their own personal life, school, career, and community. As the founder of the nonprofit organization Champion of Choices, Mark dedicates his life to helping others be the champion they are destined to be. So let's get ready to be inspired with today's conversation. Welcome, Mark. We're excited to chat with you today on the Healthy Family Project and give our listeners ideas on how to be present in their children's lives and helping them through life's challenges, which unfortunately seem to just really be a little bit harder these days. So before we dive in, can you tell listeners a little about yourself and your inspiration behind Champion of Choices? Oh, sure, man. It's great to be on your, your podcast. And, you know, this is my, my 13th year presenting at schools all over the country, actually all over the world now. We even went to Russia and we just got back from Guatemala. We're going to be going to the UK in November. But, you know, experiencing these relevant issues that kids face today all over the, all over the world, but especially in our own country. And uh, I started a company called Champion of Choices, where I go into schools and I share uh, relevant issues students are going through, through my own life. Um, struggles through everything from depression, anxiety, being bullied as a, as a little boy, but growing up with dreams and goals and eventually making it the world of professional wrestling, a WWE superstar, winning the Intercontinental Championship, the world television title, and obtaining so much fame and fortune, but losing it all because of bad choices. And I'm very honest when I share these with students, and it, and it really gets students to appreciate I mean, so many times we take for granted the very things in life we should appreciate. And I really think that's what the blessing of this presentation does. It gets students to open up and talk about um, adverse situations they may be going through, thinking about, or planning to do. Well, we certainly commend all that you're doing. I hear nothing but rave reviews. I know from from many students who locally have listened to you when you visited their schools. So, you know... We need you out there, so thank you. Um, so as our kids get older, for our first question, we're going to jump right in here. I have lots. You know I have a 13-year-old, so 
So I need all the info. Um, as our kids get older, it's really hard to stay on top of everything they're doing. So friends, sports, after school activities, shift into multiple teachers, not to mention social media, because that's just a whole ball of wax. Um, but many adolescents stop sharing updates with their day with their parents. I know I'm facing this right now. Um, my daughter, the other evening, was 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 crying a little bit in her room, and she probably would get mad at me because I share stories all the time on here. But and I, and I went in and said, "Can we talk? Like, what's going on?" And she said, "I really just need to be by myself right now." And that was really the first time I thought, "Okay, you got to go." You know, so this communication becomes hard. What tips do you have for parents to actively stay involved in their children's lives as they get older? And they might be saying, "Hey, I need you to leave for a minute." <laughs> You know, Amanda, you, you're not alone with this, okay? Um, I, I Obviously, my, my presentation starts in middle school, and I, I speak at middle school, high school, and colleges. And there is such a disconnect, and especially with the, with the, with the younger kids. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of finding their way through life, you know, going through hormone changes and, and all kinds of things. And they deal with so many issues at school that, that maybe you and I never really had to deal with. You know, I, like when I was in school, I never knew... I never knew a kid that was self-harming. I never knew anyone that wanted to kill themselves. Right. I didn't even know anybody that was on medication. <laughs> and and now it's hard to find kids that don't know someone that's going through one of these issues. And it puts so much pressure on our on our own children of experiencing things themselves or knowing someone that's going through something. They carry a lot more weight, I think, now than ever before. And especially, like you said, adding on the social media issues and people trying to stay relevant and keeping up and how many followers, how many likes you have. And we just feel like that defines us. And, and it's so sad. But what I could say to parents and, and, and parents, you like I said, just like Amanda, you're, you're not alone. This is a, <laughs> Thank you. You, you know, you want to talk to your kid. And, and, and I, and I got to say this and because you, you want to be, you don't want to be their best friend, but you want to be their best parent. And what I, what I mean by that is, is we want to give our kids uh, enough space, but not too much space. Kids actually want boundaries, believe it or not. Boundaries like produces a, a this, this love because boundaries shows a kid that you care enough about them that you're not going to let them go outside those boundaries. But I think it's really when they can see that you can be honest with them or they can feel like they can tell you something without maybe being scolded or punished or or you shouldn't do that or, or whatever, in a way that we can discuss these things and, and have open dialogue at, at a table or in their bedroom in, in a place where they can feel comfortable coming to you because they're, I gotta tell you, what I'm seeing out there and what I'm experiencing with students and dealing with a lot of families, you know, there are a lot of issues that we really, really have to stay on top of because peer pressure is so powerful. You can have the greatest family, most love at home, but peer pressure is so powerful. When you hand a kid uh, a, a, a smartphone, you have now gave them access to oh, violence and pornography and yes. things. Young people just he really can't even comprehend what they're even watching at that age or understanding. And it leads to a lot of dysfunction. So... I, I gotta really say, I think I think our smartphone has outsmarted us. Yeah. <laughs> and, and parents are listening. You really got to think about when you hand a child this device that can access almost anything. And you can talk about parent controls all you want, but there are so many ways to go around these things now. And not only that, you know, they're also having a friend that that's showing them something that they may not uh, that that they shouldn't be watching or seeing. 
because uh, I see kids so desensitized to violence today. I remember the first time I saw like something violent, someone even in the movie or someone getting shot or something. I was like, oh my gosh. You I know? agree. But yes. <laughs> every day or you see it over and over again, it really desensitizes you to violence. And I think it has a lot to do with uh, the video games that, that kids are having access to and the, the, the you know, the you know, some of these, these things they're watching and, and I don't want to give out names and stuff. I'm not trying to say, you know, it's up to a parent to decide what they're, they're allowed, they allow their kid to watch. But I just said, be, be careful. It really does affect them mentally over the years. And I think too, what I try to do is talk about, you know, especially, you know, with Instagram, for instance, when, when Mia started on Instagram, I said, all right, we're going to do this together. And even though I know as parents, we're so busy and, you know, it's easy to just give them their phone and say, okay, just be smart. Like, don't do anything stupid. But for me, I really tried to talk to her about, you know, what are, what are you looking at? You know, what, why would you, why are you posting that? Like before, when she first got Instagram, I would say, before you post anything, just let's look at it. And I just let's talk about like, what's your caption, you know, coming from a marketing background too, that that helps. But, you know, and she laughs because she says, my personal brand, mom, I'm in sixth grade. Why are we talking about a personal brand? And I said, well, because it lives on, this will live on with you. And if we don't talk about it um, and talk about the long-term effects of what you're putting out there publicly, then, then I'm not doing my job. You know, you know, Amanda, you're sorry. There's such a naive innocence to children, and they they think nothing bad could happen. Everything's going to be okay. But I got to tell you, and the thing that people have to understand, though, when you put something out on social media, it's there forever. People snapshot it, or it gets someone saves it, and you don't realize it. And and you know, and I got to tell you something. And I'll be honest, even when we were looking to hire people at uh, our office, we would look at what they post on their on their um, uh, Facebook pages right. and things. Like that, and you say, well, gosh, I really don't want to have my 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 people surround themselves with someone that views it this way, or looks at this, or posts this, or you know, is so political or politically, you know, whatever. Right. And it just it just makes you just go, I, I can't be around someone like that. I wouldn't want my other employees to be around someone. You know, Amanda, we become who we surround ourselves with. I, I tell these kids at school, you know, your friends, they're they're like elevators. Mm-hmm. They either take you up or they take you down. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Yes, I love that. I always tell Mia, the five people, like who are the five people that you spend the majority of your time with, you know, that you surround yourself with? Because those are like, that's what you're drawing in. That's what you're putting out there. Well, so I try to remain as active as possible with my 13-year-old, even though it's harder and harder to keep up. You know, it's cool. She can have her space, but I'm, I'm still going to be there. I'm not going to back down. Um but we live in a really confusing time for parents. It's hard to know, is my child really depressed or is it just teenage angst? You know, you hear so many stories from parents who have lost their children to suicide. I swear, every morning I turn on a morning show and you have these two parents saying, well, I thought it was just typical teenage drama. It's scary because then I'm over here saying, okay, that's I think this is typical, but do you have any advice on how to recognize, I know this is a really tough question, but do you have advice on how to recognize when it's not just typical teenage angst and there is a real problem? Like what are those red flags we as parents should be looking for? 
You know, man, I'm so glad you're you discussing this because this is something that really touches my heart. I've had a few friends have lost their kids to suicide and it really strikes a, a, a really breaking point in my heart because I really, I, I talk about this at schools. And one of the things, is, you know, as parents, when you see your kid depressed or you see your kid upset all the time, what, what do you do? You, you end up taking him to a doctor and say, hey, there's there something wrong with my child, you know? And we see doctors that are prescribing medication for our kids, Adderall and Xanax and these these drugs that we're putting in our kids. And then please understand when I'm saying this to parents, I'm not saying that there aren't kids that definitely need medication. What I'm saying is that if a doctor prescribes your child with medication, there's nothing wrong with getting a second or third opinion. We are we are put we are we are really opening the door because the the friends that have lost their kid to to uh, drug overdose uh, or suicide it starts many of them have started with prescription medication which led to other things and eventually led to heroin and we're, we're seeing kids getting heroin at a younger and younger age. I mean the opiate opioid explosion in this country we're we're losing about 200 kids a day. Wow. Like, you know what's that's like, Amanda? That's like a 747 crashing every single day. Now, if that was if that happened in the airline industry, there'd be hearings on Capitol Hill. Right. But because you know these are our kids, we are not doing enough about it. And finally, drug companies are starting to be held responsible for this this explosion that's addicting our our country, not just kids but adults also. But we're seeing it happening younger and younger of these kids that are taking uh, uh, pain medication or opiates and things like that. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I, I would say is obviously as a parent, you know, if you're seeing your kid depressed or alone all the time, and many of them just think it's just typical teenage behavior, you know, but man, something that you're doing that's really important is the communication you're having with your daughter. You know, even though there's times you want to leave them alone and you want, but you're always asking questions. You're always talking to them. You're always, um, and, and it's so important for any parent, you know, and, and I don't mean uh, annoying constantly, you know, following <laughs> you know, I mean, just showing it, you know, the, the, the greatest, the greatest gift is, is love. I mean, showing your kid how much you love them, but, but just saying, you know, I really care about you. I, I hate to see you. You feel so down or did something happen at school? And, and you got to watch this because, you know, many parents that have lost their kids, even to suicide or drug overdose or whatever, they, they'll come to me and they said, if I only knew if he or she only told me, you know, they would do something about it. So we took that as what parents have asked us to do is we get kids to open up at school and I get about a hundred, hundred, at least a hundred messages a day when I speak at schools and the kids open up about the most amazing things that we can now get them help. Uh, we even had a school in the Atlanta area where a kid wrote to me right after I left the presentation and said, today was the day I was going to shoot up the school. Oh well, of my course, gosh. School, the boy <laughs> had a gun on him and he had the name of the kids he was going to kill. Of course he was arrested and, and eventually the school told me they ended up killing himself. But to, to, to know that a kid could open up and talk about something that he was thinking about doing or or the suicide, um, this uh, I, I'll give, give you a letter that I recently got. Um, it says, uh, um, Mark, you just brought let me see. Mark, you just brought me closer to my family. I've been going through severe depression and I've I've tried suicide more than once. I was actually planted my life tonight. But because of you, I didn't do so. Thank you so much for coming to my school. And we're seeing letters like that more and more. But the coolest thing is that they're able to talk to their parents now. Right. And, I, and when, I, when they write to me like that, I immediately write them back. Any kid going through adversity, I always personally write them back. And I say, I go, do me a, a big favor. I want you to talk to your school, talk to the counselor. Let me know how it goes. And see, you want them to feel engaged. You want them to feel like, like it's okay, that they're not alone and they matter. And that's where we're seeing a difference, Amanda. 
Well, and that's that's a good point that engaging and keeping that conversation going. And and while you know it takes it takes extra effort, but I did I did sign up to be a parent, so I guess I gotta I gotta put in the work. But I mean, I keep you know if she mentions something to me, I'll kind of store that in the corner of my memory, and later on that week I'll say, oh, you know what? How's so and so doing? Were they feeling better? You know just so she knows, like, I'm here, I'm listening to you. Um, I, like, I'm not just, it's not just going in one ear and out the other. And, you know, one thing, and I have amazing parents, but one thing that, that my mom, <laughs> she listens to this, she'll also be mad. Why are you talking about me? My mom sometimes would say, well, that doesn't matter. And I remember being 13 and thinking, how dare you say this doesn't matter? This matters. Like this matters to me. And I'm sure it was something so trivial. I can't even pinpoint what it might have been. Um, But now as a parent, whenever I hear from my daughter certain things, and in my mind, I want to say that does not matter. And I hold myself back because I think, you know what, their world is so much smaller than yours right now. So while they may not be worried about the electric bill or the mortgage or these things like what they're saying matters. And so I think that recognizing that for me, not going like what matters to Amanda right now doesn't matter to you. Um, and recognizing like, yes, you know what, that does matter. Even though if I really think it does not matter. <laughs> I mean, that's a great point because you're right in, in their world. It matters so much, you know, something we think are so trivial or, or, you know, when your kid has your first crush, the first time they fall in love, right. it's like the, the world is going to end if this person leaves me or breaks up with me, you know, and you look and go, Oh my gosh, my kid think, you know? <laughs> did you see that kid? Right. <laughs> so, you know, these are things that, but we have to understand that we're, we're dealing with it with an adolescent mind, a, a brain that's developing and you're right. They're not thinking about a mortgage payment. <laughs> they're not thinking about gas in the car. They're just thinking about th- what's happening right in the moment. Right. And there's something beautiful about that, too. You know, so I think that whereas at first, as we entered, you know, into this this um, stage, I guess, of, of our lives, I started, you know, wanting to react, like react just instantly. What was I, you know, and then I've learned, you know what? The best thing to do is listen, put yourself in their shoes. I go back to seventh grade or eighth grade now, Amanda, and say, what would you do? You know, like you you probably wouldn't have made the best decision. <laughs> like yeah. think back. Come on. Like give cut some slack, you know. So, yeah. So that's what I've been trying to do. I, I feel yeah. like it's helping, but you never know. <laughs> You know, and really, it's not so much about our circumstance or situations, how we respond to things in life that really make a difference. And I didn't always have the best response to things either, okay? <laughs> but, you know, I found that there's, 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 you get wisdom from a few places. You know, you get wisdom from books and DVDs. You get wisdom from a mentor, a teacher, a parent, you know, a coach. Or you also get wisdom from mistakes. Oh, Man, yeah. <laughs> I am the king, okay? I'm there. <laughs> so I'm there with you. advice for young people. <laughs> Yes, I love it. Well, so so our mistakes are good. I always say that. You know, do I regret anything? Yeah, probably. But it has shaped me into who I am today, and so therefore I embrace it and 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 move on. So, all right, let's talk about bullying for a second. So, are there tactics that you share with kids on how to na- navigate bullying? If they're being bullied, what should they do? How do they deal with the situation? You know, this is happening as early as you know elementary early 
you know, it's just it really seems, scary. It seems worse and worse sometimes these younger kids that, um, you know, first of all, one of the things I share in my in my presentation, there, for, there's no greater joy than helping another person. I, I can't even imagine bullying or hurting or calling someone a name. It would just, it would, it would hurt me now more than ever, you know, because see, we never know what another student is going through. When these kids don't know what a kid home life could be like or what the, you know, their parents are getting divorced, maybe there's a, a death of a loved one or they had to put their, their pet down or something. We never know what a kid's going through. And, and those words could set someone over the edge. But what I, what I tell students and that, especially students that are, are constantly being bullied, you know, and parents are throw their arms up in the school, they feel like the school is not doing enough, is I, I really tell students and, and, and parents to start documenting it. Like, at what happened? What time did it happen? And see, because many times when a, when a kid says, well, when were you bullied? They go, well, they do it every day or they did it last right. week. Or, but when you have documentation, it's so much more relevant, especially when you bring it to a, a principal and you said, I, I asked my daughter every day that this happens. Where did it happen? What was said? You know, why do they, they hit you? Do they throw something at you? What is it that they did to you that made you feel bad or, or hurt you? You know, and, and I tell you something, when you go into a little bit of documentation, it sure is a lot better than just going and trying to remember what someone said or did. And and as parents, you know, it's like. And the other side of it is is parents of a bully. I was just going to ask that. I was going to say, you know what? As I, as we're talking, I'm thinking, what about that aspect of it? What if you feel like you're you're rocking and rolling, teaching, you know, raising this kind kid, and then you find out they're a bully? Complete different at school. You know, a show off and hurts other people and mocks other people and makes people's lives miserable. And you go, no, that that's not my kid. My kid would never do that. And, and believe me, I, I know a lot. Well, I obviously meet principals for every school, but I hear the stories over and over how the how parents are in denial of how their kid would act. And it's like that the, they almost have, have to show their parent videotape of their kid doing it to, to finally get them to believe that this is what your child did at school. You know, the, the thing is, Amanda, that I'm really seeing is we're, we're having such a breakdown of the family, the core of the family. And kids should know how to treat others before they even walk into school. They should know at home how, how you treat people and what empathy and compassion is. And therefore, when you go to school, but when I've been really teaching kids the joy they get out of helping another person. I do something really cool, especially at the, the middle school age. At the end of my presentation, I'll say... If there is someone in this room that is constantly belittling, hurting, bullying, making another student's life miserable, cyberbullying them, and you know exactly who you are, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave. Now, at this point, I pause. I'm telling you right now, it is probably the most uncomfortable thing in the world for a bully that know who, know everyone is, wants to look at them. But I, I tell people, don't point a finger, don't look at somebody. They just listen to me and look right at me. And everybody's they got the whole, the whole room attention. But those bullies are thinking I'm going to either going to call them up or they have to get up and apologize or do something, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a point in their life where they just go, oh, my gosh. And mm-hmm. what I said, I said, I, by the end of today or the latest tomorrow, I would like you to pull that student aside privately and simply say, I'm sorry. I'd really like to be your friend. Not only will you probably have a friend for life, but do you know whose life is going to change the most? Yours. Exactly. You cannot go through life hurting other people. It, it's 
it's amazing how things work them, themselves out. You know, it's a, people call it yin and yang. You want to call it, or you reap what you sow, what comes around goes around. But there's an amazing dynamic about when you hurt other people and, and what can eventually happen to you because you never know how, how bad it hurts until you've been hurt yourself. And many bullies are, have been bullied themselves. But here's the coolest thing is that I received so many letters from students that either wrote to me and said, the bully came up and apologized and we're really good friends. We have lunch together now. Or the bully wrote to me and said, I went up to these kids that I've been constantly hassling and, and I really told them I'm sorry. And, and we're now we're friends and so cool. They're really nice guys or whatever, you know. So we see that positive aspect of that, of getting the, the dynamic of a school to turn around through through this through a one-hour presentation. And you know what's so funny is I went to – uh, your daughter's school the other day and and I got to and when I, when I went there I said uh, I'd love to see Mia can you bring her down and then they said well you're only doing the sixth and seventh graders you're not doing the eighth grade I classes know. and I was like, oh they're so disappointed but it was funny they brought Mia down and we got to take pictures and hang out together and she's just a delight and I, I really wish I could have spoken to the eighth graders there but we made such an impact at that school and I received so many beautiful messages from students through social media private messages the kids wrote to me on how it changed their life. And, you know, and I, if a parent is listening to this, I know there's a lot of parents that, that may have issues at their school. Please, please visit our website, which is thinkpaws, which is P-O-Z as in zebra, thinkpaws.org. And you, you'll see all the information on us. And we do about 230, 250 events a year throughout, throughout the U.S. and Canada. In fact, I would get on a plane on Monday to uh, we're going to Canada on Monday, and then we're back in the U.S. for the rest of the tour. So I'd love to, you know, it'd be fun to meet someone that actually heard me on, on your podcast, one of the parents that, that uh, in, instruments us coming to their school. Yeah, super cool. And we'll definitely, we have show notes that we'll link up in case you're, you don't have a pen and pencil or you're driving listening to this or doing laundry. We link up all of those in the show notes. You can easily go over there and get, get all of the information. Um, okay, so I recently saw your video post on Instagram as I was kind of stalking around all of your accounts before we chatted today. I, kn I know you, we're family friend, but I also <laughs> thought, let me go through and just really see what he's talking about right now. And so I saw on your Instagram a post, a video post about being responsible on social media. And of course, I was crying. So yes, thank you. You brought the emotion out of me. Yes. I appreciate it. Um, so what advice do you have for parents who are guiding their kids? I know we touched on this a little bit on social media or even for parents who are using social media themselves, because I think in your post, you were kind of talking to all of us out here. But um, and we can't get around it. I mean, I'd love to say you can't have social media to my daughter or you know, it's a band from the house, but I feel like it's there. We have to deal with it. And so how do we navigate it? Well, first of all, uh, any parent that has a child on social media, you should know their passwords without question. That's part of them getting, you start when they first get on, I want to know your password. And that way you can access anything that they are doing or seeing or writing or whatever. And it's very important. And, and when kids, I because I got to tell you, man, the problem I'm seeing is that Man, so many times, you know, the old saying, the inmates are running the asylum. When kids tell their parent, no, you're not on my password. You're not getting on my social media. Right. It's like, how did it ever get to that point? There had to be a place where a child started taking control of decision making. 
And, and we can't let that happen. We have got to stay in control of, of our kids and, and through parent parental controls and things like that. But make sure you know who their friends are and who they're accessing, and especially some of these, what they call social media influencers. Mm-hmm. They put some really raunchy stuff up that kids do not need to be reading about or seeing, especially the, the sexual in, uh, uh, connotation that, that they're seeing at such a young age. Um, you know, there's so many kids, they all want to be like YouTube stars now, or they want to, and, and it's based on how bad you could treat somebody or how, or how crazy you can be, or, you know, there, there, it's, it's, there's very seldom you see really kind things. And I, I like the news, I, I think it's ABC news that at the end of their show, they always show something really nice, kind, or someone helping someone or something, someone saving an animal or doing something. And we love watching that because it's like, wow, some good news for a change, you know? So try to steer your kids to people that really are positive thinkers and doing wonderful things in this world. And, and you know, at the end of our life, you know, we all leave a legacy and mine's certainly not gonna be how much money I had or how big my house was or what kind of car I drove. It's, it's gonna be the difference I made in somebody else's life. And if we could teach that to our kids at a younger age where they, because they, it feels special for a kid to make another person feel special. And we got to reiterate that that response. Go, didn't do you see how see that smile you gave him or her, uh, that hug they needed, or and it's like, wow, yeah, I really made them feel good, you know. And and your daughter's got that heart, you know. She loves to be uh, help other people, you know. And and that's what's so sad is like when you see these kids that really want to help people, and and other kids will mock them or oh, or yeah. little kids <laughs> are being nice. You know, it's like, where do we, where, where do we go wrong here? You know? Yes. Yes. Believe me. We could talk for days on that one. Mia is out yeah. there to help. And, and last year we ran into some rough patches where I thought, why, why when you have this person who's such a sparkle and a spark of joy in the world, like, why are you doing this? But you know, we get through it. And I have to say, when you said the inmates are running the asylum, I, Mia said to me, I don't want you linked up to my Instagram. And I, you're a stalker. That's what she called me. You're a stalker. And I said, well, guess what? If you don't want me, like that's my job to stalk you. <laughs> so if you don't want that, then don't have Instagram. But if you, w- you are welcome to have Instagram, but I need to have access. And I need to see if someone requests to follow you. Our deal is she just has to say, here's how I know them. I mean, I don't need a big diatribe of, you know, whatever. Oh, I did theater camp with, with him, you know, and I take a look. Okay. All right. That's fine. And I'll browse through her feed every now and then log in and see like what she's browsing through this, what she's seeing, you know, like what are the, um, what are the things that are going into her mind at this rapid rate of speed? Like if I, again, putting myself back there and I'm like, okay, if I'm seeing all these, you know, kind of crazy memes or whatever, then maybe we need to reconfigure who she's following. And so, I again, it takes some extra work. I know a lot of people are like, oh, who has time to do that? But I promise it doesn't you know, take Amanda, long. Who doesn't have time to do this? We are, when, when, when they see these horror stories that I see, you would say, man, you are giving the greatest advice right now. For any parent that is listening, please Please take the time. You know, get off your own social media if it means you know spending a little more time on monitoring what your your child is watching, seeing, uh, conversing, uh, especially private chats and things like that. Please watch. Oh, yeah. you, you never know. It could be the difference of, of of saving your child's life or maybe someone else's. Agreed. 
Well, I've been asking all of my guests the same question lately because I thought it would be fun. I have so many, like a diversity of people that come on to talk about nutrition or exercise or mental health. And so I'm asking everyone the same question and there's no right or wrong answer. So what do you think it means to be a healthy family? Well, it's a combination, really. I, I, I think there's a, a spiritual side, for me at least. I, I really have a lot of faith in, 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 in God. Um, I really believe that healthy eating, you know, I mean, I'm really watching what I, what I put in my body now. I mean, you know, it's like I always tell people, I said, you know, if you got a Ferrari parked in your garage, what kind of fuel would you put it in? And they always say, absolutely high test, the best, you know? Right. So why, not, why are not we not treating our body like a Ferrari? Why do we put junk? We, we wouldn't put, you know, half water, half gas in our tank. We would put the absolute best. Why are we, this is our Ferrari for life. Why are we not treating it better? So that's something that I started thinking about and really wanted to make a difference because uh, nothing tastes as good as lean feels. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but but I I so so anyway my spiritual side my healthy eating side and you know from the beginning when I first said there's no greater joy than helping another person and I really believe that brings a health a positive mindset happiness really comes from helping others. You know, I, I tell people, you want to be happy, help someone else become happy. You want to be successful, help someone else become successful. And that really brings a positive mindset, thinking positive, positive self-affirmations are so important. We listen to so much negative garbage in our own heads. And the sad part is we start believing it. And I want to tell you the, the last thing that I really believe has helped me become a healthier person, forgiveness. Man, I got to tell you, you either forgive or you relive. And I forgave everyone that may have wronged me or, or you know, some situations I went through in my life that I did disagreed with. I had to forgive. And I, when I finally forgive, but I really found that the hardest person to forgive was myself. And when I forgave myself, man, there's so much clarity and so much happiness came into my own life. Let it go. You are not going to live the rest of your life hurting yourself or beating yourself up over something that happened years ago that will never change. Every second that we spend angry is a second of happiness we miss out on. Well, I like that answer. <laughs> I feel good. I'm ready to, to go out and take on the world. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining me today to talk about these important topics and for all you do to impact our youth. We're going to be linking up to, to all your all your sites over on the show notes. But if we have listeners who are interested in following along with you or bringing you to speak at their school, where should they go? Uh, just go right to our website, thinkpozpoz.org, or always call us at the office, 407-862-4800, and we go all over the country, all over the world. If you're listening to us over in England, we'll be out there soon, and Ireland will be out there soon. Conquering the world. Thank you so much, Mark. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. I continue to be amazed by Mark and his mission. We are linking up to info in the show notes if you want to learn more about Mark and, and get him speaking at your school or connect with him. Just learn more about everything that he's doing and the information he has available. If you want to chat direct, join me in the Healthy Family Project Facebook group. It's a private group, but I can approve you once you send a request. We actually have a really great conversation happening right at this moment about communicating with your kids um, as they enter that tween and teenage stage. So if you're interested in um, seeing what other parents are saying, go over there. 
We also have a listener survey taking place where we want your feedback on topics and ideas. It's short and simple, I promise, and two lucky survey takers will be winning a $50 Amazon gift card, which we can always use one of those. Um, So you can find the link to that survey in our Facebook group or in the show notes. We have new recipes and content available at ProduceForKids.com. I was just over on the site and saw that we have up our 40 grab-and-go breakfast ideas, 50-plus dinners ready in 30 minutes or less. That's always a a good good list to have at the ready. And then we have 20 lunchbox packing tips and hacks from parents. We also still have Power Your Lunchbox going on. So you can visit PowerYourLunchbox.com to snag lunchbox inspiration and ideas and enter to win some cool prizes over there. If you like the Healthy Family Project podcast, tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. You can tweet direct with me. I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter and also on Instagram. And you can find Produce for Kids on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.